Hey everybody, welcome to Cryptids and Creatures with Joe. Today's episode is going to be all about the Wendigo and their spirit in the Native American legends. I hope you enjoy the episode. Let's get started. The Wendigo. Now you may be thinking to yourself, oh, I've seen the Wendigo in pop culture movies, I've seen it in TV shows, some books. Forget all of that. Pop culture does a really bad job of explaining what an actual Wendigo is. So what is a Wendigo? It is an evil spirit that devours mankind in human flesh. It is a mythological creature or an evil spirit that comes from the Algonquian, Ojibwe, Eastern Cree, Soto, West Main Swampy Cree, Nascapi, and Indu people's folklore and legends. It is believed to be the spirit of winter and a symbol of danger and selfishness. So right now, the Native Americans actually changed that point of view and actually see it as a symbol of capitalism and colonialism because us as colonists, we destroyed their land and we made the move. So the Native Americans see that as selfishness in danger. It is a creature that is viewed as malevolent, cannibalistic, supernatural, being related to winter, the north, coldness, famine, and starvation. The Wendigo also has an insatiable taste for human flesh. You become a Wendigo as a punishment for being selfish and dishonorable. And what I mean like that is like... If you engage in cannibalism to survive, that is considered being selfish and dishonorable. You can also become a Wendigo if a shaman has cursed you or if you see the Wendigo in your dreams, which that is terrifying to me because I don't want to have a nightmare about a Wendigo and then wake up the next morning and crave human flesh, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and according to most Native American legends, the physical form of a Wendigo is often, dis often said to be human-like. Over time, it becomes a giant. It is said to be so hungry for human flesh that it will often bite off its own toes and lips. Now, in pop culture references, the Wendigo is usually portrayed as this creature with antlers, a skull as a face, very tall. That is not what the Wendigo is. That is something that pop culture did to make it seem more interesting. That is not the actual description of it. The Algonquian legend describes the creature as a giant with a heart of ice. Sometimes it is thought to be entirely made of ice. Its body is skeletal and deformed with missing lips and toes. The Ojibwe described it as it was a large creature, as tall as a tree, with a lipless mouth and jagged teeth. Its breath was a strange hiss its footprints were full of blood, and it ate any man, woman, or child who ventured into its territory. And those were the lucky ones. Sometimes the Wendigo chooses to possess a person instead, and then the luckless individual became, became a Wendigo himself, hunting down those he had once loved and feasting upon their flesh. So you see the pop culture references and the actual Native American legends do not go together. So it just seems like they took this creature 
that was meant to be a scary story for kids and turned it into a scary monster. Though all the descriptions of the creature vary slightly, the Wendigo is generally said to have glowing eyes, long yellow fangs, terrible claws, and overly long tongues. Sometimes they are described as having shallow, yellowish skin, and other times depicted to be covered with matted hair. The creature is said to have several skills and powers, including stealth. It is a near-perfect hunter, knows and uses every inch of its territory, and can control the weather using dark magic. And we're back. The legend lends its name to the disputed modern medical term Wendigo psychosis, which is considered by some psychiatrists to be a syndrome that creates an intense craving for human flesh and a fear of becoming a cannibal. Ironically, the psychosis is said to occur within people living around the Great Lakes of Canada and the United States. So the tribes that I mentioned before, the Algonquian, the Ojibwe, the Salto, those tribes are actually um, closer up north of the United States near New York and those provinces in Canada. A 1661 Jesuit relations document stated, what caused us great concern was the intelligence that met us upon entering the lake, namely that the men disputed by our conductor for the purpose of summoning the nations to the North Sea and assigning them a rendezvous where they were to await our coming, but had met their death the previous winter in a very strange manner. Those poor men, according to report given, a, given to us, were seized with an ailment unknown to us but not very unusual among the people we were seeking. They are affiliated with neither lunacy, hypochondria, nor frenzy, but have a combination of all these species of disease, which affect their imaginations and cause them a more than canine hunger. This makes them so ravenous for human flesh that they pounce upon women, children, and even upon men like vertebral werewolves and devour them voraciously without being able to appease their glut their appetite ever seeking fresh prey and the more greedily the more they eat this ailment attacked our deputies and as death is the sole remedy among those simple people for checking such acts of murder they were slain in order to stay the course of their madness. And here's another story. During the winter of 1778-79, to 79, Swift Runner and his family were starving along with numerous other Cree families. His eldest son was the first to die of starvation, and at some point, Swift Runner succumbed to Wendigo psychosis. Though emergency food supplies were available at Hudson Bay Company Post some 25 miles away, he did not attempt to travel there. Rather, he killed the, the remaining members of his family and consumed them. He eventually confessed and was executed by authorities at Fort Saskatchewan. 
The Wendigo is often featured in pop culture right now, and it shows up in Supernatural, My Little Pony, Pet Cemetery, Marvel Comics, and video games. Often the Wendigo is simplified and made this giant looking creature with antlers and is usually likened to a werewolf, vampire, yeti, or some combination. A quick Google image search for Wendigo produces pictures of antlered snow demons and giant reindeer-like beasts. This image is a far cry from how indigenous people understood the Wendigo. It goes to show that the pop culture around this legend has become the monster in the media, when in reality, this is a story meant to be told to native tribes about how being selfish and feeling greed is a bad thing. In reality, this story is just a scary story for kids. If you ever read the book Scary, scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, the Wendigo is a story in that. And that story is the true story. But the pop culture around it has made it this creature or character that is way more terrifying than what it needs to be. I mean, don't get me wrong, if someone were to tell me this story, like, as a kid, I'd be terrified. <laughs> but really, all it is is a scary story for kids, so they're not selfish and they're not greedy. And I think that is something that us, in this day and age, we need to remember because we take these things from the indigenous people of this land and we create these monsters and demons out of it when simply it's just a story about why being selfish and greedy is not the answer. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I am going to be continuing with Native American Legends and next week's episode is going to have a special guest on it. Uh, we will be uh, covering the Colette tribe and I am super excited for that. I hope you join me then. Thank you for listening.